fashion insider friends. What is up? This is the Fashion Crimes Podcast, where I cover all things fashion, style, shopping, style inspiration, and interview incredible small business owners who are changing the fashion industry for the better. Yes, I'm the best friend you never knew you needed and the poster child for fashion over 40. And I mean, way after 40. Say it with me. Fashion and style are your friends, not your enemies. I'm Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, and let's keep it real, the only Holly you need to know. Turn it up, because I got a lot to say, and I am super stoked you're here. Hello, what is up? What's going on? And thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Fashion Crimes Podcast. My name is Holly Cates, your favorite personal stylist, and of course, the only Holly you need to know. I said it before, and I'll say it again. She's back. What up, Noli? What's going on? Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. Yet You're once welcome. again, ugh, I'm so lucky you have nothing to do. Oh, if only that were the case. <laughs> I mean, thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to talk to us today. I have a very important topic and I needed your expertise inquiring minds want to know, aka some of my clients and my besties, how to buy a winter coat. And who better than someone with a coat problem, not a Coke problem, to talk about how to buy a coat? Nolly, you know, one is better for your health, but honestly, (laughs) they are equally as expensive. I mean, they are quite, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's quite a problem. We're not here to lie to you. Not here to lie to me. I do love a coat and I do indulge in several coats. And I will say, you know, just as much about men's coats as you do about women's coats. Yeah, I don't fuck around. I really don't. (laughs) Um, Well, listen, I mean, I'm the first one I vote and I've always said, um, spend your money on the things you're going to wear the most, you know, bags and shoes for me, jewelry, you know, accessories. But the first piece of clothing I would invest in is a coat. It was actually the first very expensive piece of clothing I bought um, when I could buy nice clothing was an Alexander McQueen coat. And now, I mean, that's probably the piece of clothing I do spend the most money on is our, our coats. How many do you have? I mean, off the top of my head, uh, are we, if we're not including blazers. No, we're not. This is just outerwear. We're not talking outerwear. about outerwear. Yeah. I mean, probably like 15. I probably have about 12 to 13 coats. Really? Yeah. I have that many too. Oh, you know what? I there you have you do have some that I forget about. Like I forget about your sequin trench coat. I forget about that new Maravante you know, little shearling bomber moment. I do have a leather jacket problem, but that's besides you the love point. a leather jacket. Yeah. So I mean, like I, you know, I try to have something in almost every category. Give us the categories just for for menswear, just for you specifically. Give us some categories of coats that you own and that you bitch about that you wish you had that are too expensive. Blah, fucking blah, blah, blah. Um, the first that I you know would invest in if you live in a more formal setting or if your life is a little bit more formal is not just like a, a car coat or like a pea coat or a top coat like. You know, those are all slightly different things, but I have, you know, button down coats that are from, let me see, I have a couple. I have one from Reese that's like an olive green color that I wear all the time. So is that winter, you wear that alone or is it more like a rain jacket? Be more specific on the warmth level. Mine are all wool and cashmere and they're surprisingly warm. They're, I mean, they're not going to, you know, protect you like a puffer jacket's going to, but you know, there are a lot of instances in which a puffer jacket's not really the most appropriate, you know, choice to wear. 
So in the grand scheme of things, if I layer, like I have one from theory that's wool and cashmere. If I wear a sweater underneath that, I'm totally fine. And it's a really put together look, but you know, as things are changing today, um, I call it the West Village douchebag look. <laughs> I see it a lot and it's the overcoat and it's always either camel or black Yeah, with, with a very thin cashmere hoodie, skinny jeans or- Or turtleneck. Let's just be no, honest. No, it's the hoodie. No, it's the hoodie with either a jean, a skinny jean, a matching cashmere sweatpant, and it's always a white golden goose. Okay. Why the is level that of douchebaggery? <laughs> It's just because it is. It's so douchey. But honestly, I love the look of the hoodie with the overcoat. It's so happening right now. I've yeah. seen, I see it all over the place. I really love it. And I actually, you know, I have um, actually I have an aloe hoodie that you gave me. It's now way too big. But I um, I have worn that with an overcoat and I really love it. So you did dabble in the douchebaggery. Let's just be honest. I did, but I don't do it with a golden goose. That's where I draw the line. OK, OK. I draw the line before that. Um, Interesting. Can, so that shows that you really can dress that coat up or dress it down. Correct. It's not as formal as everyone thinks it is. And, you know, during fashion week, I've thrown pins onto them. I've, you know, I have you know, mixed up with different scarves and things, but I wear those coats all the time. Can we talk about that for a second? So your brooch moment, you like, you've kind of stepped away from that. So Nolan loves a queen brooch, right? Absolutely. The bigger, the better, the bolder, the higher end designer, the better. And he kind of got me started on the brooches. And I love that because I always get compliments when I put my brooches on my coats. Can you talk about like how to accessorize with that, how to judge your coat? Yeah. I mean, listen, there are a million ways to put things together and something that, and I tell you this all the time, Anybody can buy a really amazing piece, right? Anybody can buy my, my Alexander McQueen coat. Anybody who buys that, obviously, that's an incredible piece in and of itself. You have so many pieces that are just knockouts on their own. But taking a piece that you can wear every day and making it look spectacular, that's having style and having talent, right? And so it's all about mixing and matching. And so I have a million different pins. My tastes have changed. I'm still kind of you know, after losing so much weight, I'm still trying to figure out what my style is because it's much less bold than it used to be. But I feel like I'm kind of in this weird space where I don't really know what my style is at the moment because so much has changed. But I do have quite a lot. But my rule now is, is I don't really buy a lot of them anymore unless it's really spectacular. A lot of my pins... You don't talk about it. You used to bitch about them all the time. I want this pin. I want that one. I, want I mean, there are don't... Chanel ones that I want, but there are like, I like them to have especially because I have realized, especially the past few months, because I could never buy expensive clothing before, that I am always going to have incredible things at my fingertips at incredible prices. And that's the thing is I shop these things like I'm never going to have the opportunity again sometimes. And I need to realize that I am going to have the opportunity for the foreseeable future, maybe for the rest of my life, right? So I try, I'm trying to slowly pare down a little bit what I buy at such volume. Can I get that on a video? Oh, wait, we are recording this. Okay. Right. Well, here's the thing. Like I really, if it's, you know, when it comes to clothes, I don't have a huge wardrobe because you don't, and you, I mean, you actually have less than you think you do. I think you think you have more than you do. Like you don't have a gluttonous amount of clothing. I don't either. I want to get to a place where I have a wardrobe that I add a couple pieces to every couple months, whatever, but I have a solid foundation and I'm still building on that. So while I'm spending a lot of money on that kind of stuff, I've tried to pare back at least a little bit my accessories. You, you see me, you know, I love bags, but I haven't bought a bag in quite a while. I haven't bought one in probably three or four months. You don't talk about that either. Well, because I'm trying to be more mindful of my spending and 
you know, really focus and enjoy these things. Because if you don't get, enjoy, like if something doesn't bring you joy getting something, especially when it's a nice or a, a, a more expensive piece, then there's really no point, right? Like it needs to still be special. For me, I've pared down like my brooches. For me now, they need to have kind of either, a, they need to be really spectacular or they need to have sentimental value. So like I have one that was a gift from you. I have one that was a gift from Allison. I have uh, one from that was a gift from Jennifer. And I have two that were a gift from, from Deandra. I God, have- All of your hags are giving you the same thing. Yeah, but they're all different because everybody knows that I like them and everybody knows that I wear them differently and you can wear them different ways. For me, it's a way of adding something really fun to a jacket or a blazer that means I can, you know, bring the same blazer to Miami and I can wear it three different days or three different things and have three different brooches. You know what I mean? Like it just changes things up. So it doesn't look like this is really the same jacket all the time. It just keeps, it gives it a little something different. Um, but you also have to be careful. Like there are certain jackets I will not put a brooch on because I don't want to put a hold on. You know, like, like I have a gorgeous new, like I have a new Balenciaga denim jacket that I just bought. I, and I put two Chanel brooches on it. Um, I went to, I think I told you about this with Candace Bush. Chanel had a party thingy that I was, you know, working with her on. And Duh. I was like, what am I going to wear? What am I going to wear? And I was like, this, you know, it's a little downtown. It's a little edgy, a little casual for me, but I threw some brooches on it. And I was like, let's do this. And everybody was raving over the fact that I had this like distressed denim jacket that was super faded and stained looking and distressed. And I put two crystal Chanel brooches on it. It was cool. You know, it just adds a little something different. I did love that jacket. That was a good buy. It was a little chachi from Happy Days, but you're too young to know that reference. But it was I, I was gonna say I don't know that reference. It was <laughs> it was pretty fabulous. But anyway, okay. You have great taste in brooches too, though. You have you have a small but mighty collection. I d- I have a few, but you are known for your brooches. But I, I think it's time for another trade. I do like that you and I had like the sisterhood of the traveling brooches. Yes. We and swap we, gold ones every now and again. Yes. And that's nice. So if you love, love a brooch or you have a very high end brooch, it's nice to trade with a friend because then you put it on your coat. It gives you and then you switch it back. Right. Which I do want that Dior pin back, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I have a, yeah, my paperclip one and I would love, Holly has one of my favorite brooches in the world, which is, it's from the early nineties. Chanel did a double C that's also a heart. And I think you bought it in Japan. No, I did. I love that brooch. And so for a while, I have a very special Chanel one that's from their Paris, New York collection. that was Egyptian themed and they're both gold, but Holly and I switched for probably three or five, three or six months Mm -hmm. because then it was like having a whole new thing. You didn't have to go out and buy something new, but we both got to enjoy the other person's and we switched back. How environmentally responsible of us. I know, right? Noli. All right. So you educated us about the trench. Now let's talk about puffers. Now your never ending struggle to find the right puffer because you get so cold. Right. I get very cold now and it's not something I've ever really had to deal with before. So I bought, you know, a winter coat from J crew and it just was not warm. And I've never understood people who like have the full on Canada goose moment. Cause I'm like, God, you're such a douchebag. I love a triple fat goose. I love that. Why is that? No, they, well, cause they are. Cause it's like, you don't need that. Like you don't need an apocalyptically warm coat. You don't need to look like you're going into like the far Northern reaches of Canada when you're going but to Whole Foods, you know, <laughs> but it's you're not venturing cold. in. You're not, you're not, I know, but you're not venturing into the Arctic. Okay. You don't need that. You don't need that density of fill on the down. Like you have, you know, down is done by um fill i think it's like feathers per square inch or whatever it is what it is but canada goose has a very high concentration of them fine but they are douchey do you not have one i don't have a canada goose actually okay well i have one and i love it and i have my montclair and i love it douchebaggy or not 
I love it. And it is because I split my time in between a warmer climate and a colder climate. It might be the apocalyptic Arctic to me. Okay. Well, yeah, but some of them just are unnecessary, but that's not my point. My point being is I thought I would be fine with a normal winter coat that I would have been fine with before, but I wasn't, I was fucking frozen. So I also, you know, I, I don't, I like to, you know, I don't like to buy things full price. It like irks me, but I went and I said, fine, I'm going to try on a Canada goose and all of them. My issue with them is they're so stiff. They're very Mm -hmm. stiff and they're hard to move in which for me is a problem because if I'm, you know, just because it's freezing out doesn't mean I'm not going to walk in New York city. I walked nine and a half miles yesterday. Right. You know, I need a coat that is movable, you know, that I can move in and not feel restricted and not feel like I'm making a ton of noise either. (laughs) And the first place I wanted to go was Montclair and I tried on two and I do love Montclair, but the prices are astronomical now. I mean, they just keep going up. And the one that would have been warm enough for me that was you know, practical enough for me was $2,400. And even I, like, I can't justify that. That's just repulsively expensive for me. So I have a question. So the Montclair, let's talk about Montclair and Canada Goose. So they have the same type of down or is it, what makes those difference other than the brands educate us on the, on the down. So in the hierarchy of things you have, you know, at the top of the fashion pyramid, you're always going to have the fabulous French you know, designers, right? And Montclair is a French, a French brand. And up until recently, like when I was much younger, I grew up around a lot of people who are, you know, very like old money and they go skiing in Switzerland and whatever. That's what they always wore, were Montclairs. And they're just very chic. You know, it was always navies and blacks and reds and whites with beautiful trim and really fabulous quality. And then maybe I would say probably six or eight years ago, it started really really picking up steam. And now it's transitioned into a much more, um, how do I say this? A much more accessible brand in terms of who's buying it. Everybody wants a Montclair now. It's like the new Canada Goose. So Montclair was always the most expensive. The quality was always the best. That being said, I think the quality has slipped a little bit and the prices have more than doubled, which is unfortunate, but it is still for me, it has like, there's an elegance to a Montclair jacket. And also, I love that they do collaborations with really amazing brands. They have a line called Montclair Genius, where they have top designers from every brand you can think of, like Pier Paolo from Valentino did a line, Come de Garçon, I believe, has done one. And it's just coats? No, they do some ready-to-wear. They do some t-shirts and sweaters and things. They had Alique Studio do one. They've had Simone Rocha. They've had... Craig Green, Jonathan Anderson from JWA Anderson, and um, Kai Ninomiya, I think is how you say it, the Japanese designer who works with Come to Garçon sometimes. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. who makes your Montclair. Your Montclair jacket is a genius. I it's not mine. a standard Montclair. And I got it at a sample sale. So Montclair doesn't do sample sales ever. And However, I got a random invite to a press one that was Montclair genius only, and all of the proceeds were going to charity. And so I went down and I knew Holly had just signed to get her apartment here. And I said, you're going to need a coat. And I know you're going to bitch at me if I tell you to buy a Montclair full price. I know it. I know better than to have that argument with you. She said, you're right. Go find me one. Well, I get there. And this jacket, I remember Annette Porte, it was about $4,000. And at the sample sale, it was, I think after tax, it was about 1000 I mean, it was, the prices were phenomenal. And listen, that, have you ever been cold in that coat? I wear that coat. Every day in New York, I get so many compliments on it. I'll put a picture. So right below them, you have your like status coat. 
that everybody wants. And it's like a price point. I think of it between like $6.95 and like $12.95. Right. And in that category, that category has exploded. You know, Canada Goose has always been big, maybe well, as long as I've known, you know, been looking at coats, Canada Goose has always been big, but their business has more than doubled in the past five years. I mean, um, they were, I forget who bought them, but it was someone that I, someone's name I recognized bought into Canada Goose. I want to say it was like Mitt Romney or someone who like owns a, a fund. I want to say that's who it is. I can't remember. But it was someone random that I was like, really, it's them. But the stock price for Canada Goose is, you know, it's done very, very well. You just don't know. You're not paying for the French heritage and the front and the cloud of having a French brand. You know what I mean? But you're still paying quite a lot of money. And also Canada Goose has had some ethical issues about the way that they get their fur for their collars. But that category has really exploded. You now have two other really big brands, Macage, which is also, um, I think it's also Canadian. And Moose Knuckles, which is like a little bit edgier, a little bit bolder, a lot more hardware on Moose Knuckles coats. And those are sort of the middle price points. So then I went and tried on all of those. I tried on Macage. I liked a couple, but they were very expensive and I just didn't love them. The Canada Goose, there was one that I liked. It's the newest. Of course, it's like one of the most expensive. And I was like, I just feel like a douchebag. I also love the Pangea. Am I saying that right? Pangea, Pangea. They talk about their ethical, like, oh, this coat's made from recycled bottles, whatever. So a couple of women in my workout group have them. They have great coats, too. They have great puffers. Again, that will be in the show notes. So I think a puffer is definitely something that you need if you're in somewhere like Chicago or New York or somewhere where it's, like, really windy and you're going to be outside a lot. That's definitely what I think. And you're still looking for the perfect puffer. And let's put that energy out there for you. Well, I think I found my interim perfect puffer, which is I like moose knuckles a lot. It was a very expensive. There was one that I tried on at Bloomingdale's. It was about a thousand dollars. It's just, that's still a lot of money for me to just say, okay, fine. And toss it, you know, into the wind. <laughs> so I found one at one of my consignment stores that I love, a moose knuckles coat. It's still full price at Bloomingdale's, but I got mine for $135. Yeah. And it is the best thing I've ever, I've ever owned. It is, it keeps me so warm. It's so comfortable. And honestly, this is terrible. And I'm going to be really honest here. In New York, it's a status thing. You know, you have to have a nice, a nice parka because it's like, if you don't, like, if I don't have my bag with me, this is so bad, but you get treated much nicer in New York city when you're wearing nice clothes. It doesn't matter. You just do get treated better. Well, but this is the point I want to make is that I've been trying to preach this. Your outerwear is just as important as your clothes. You can't just wear some shitty ass random fucking coat that you've had for 15 years. If you care about your clothes, you got to care about your outerwear. That's my point. Absolutely. No, I absolutely agree with you. And for me, that goes with hats too, because I'm very neurotic about my hats. You're very, yeah, you do. You, you have like hat problems. You're like, <laughs> you do. You're like very into hats. You like I'm very hat into issues. hats. I don't wear them in Atlanta because you look stupid in a car driving a, with a hat. You don't need that. But when you're outside and you're walking around, I love a nice hat. I do want to talk about one more type of coat, which I cannot decide if this is. And again, this is not for like the hiking or the outdoorsy people. This is just for regular people who ha who need coats. Should people buy a raincoat if you're getting from your heated garage in your car? If you're not working, walking around New York City or Chicago or somewhere outside? Should you invest in a raincoat? Yes or no? I don't think you need to invest in one, to be really honest with you. Like, I don't own, like, a like a trench coat is really, like, a cornerstone of, like, anybody's wardrobe. I actually, I own one, in it, but it's, mine's, like, a fur-lined one from Yves Salomon that is Duh, fabulous. Course. 
Of course. Um, but like a standard Burberry trench, I don't own. And it's definitely on my wish list because they really are waterproof. You know, you can get poured on and you, your clothes will be completely dry. And that's what you get with Burberry. Like their fabric is, I think they invented the fabric, um, like, like gabardine fabric. It, like water cannot get through it. And it is the best thing ever. But that being said, Burberry's trench coats are very expensive. I mean, I think they start, and you can find them like at the outlet and on sale at like $1,000. And, you know, your run-of-the-mill, the standard everyday ones are more $1,695, $1,895. You know, they're a lot of money. They're like $2,200. But again, you have that for the rest of your life. So it's the cost per wear. If you're going to invest $2,000 in a coat, you should wear it for how long, Nolly? I mean, forever. I don't like to buy expensive things that I'm not going to have forever. You know, shoes are a little different because, you know, shoes do wear out and things. But for me, like a coat, I don't spend more than, I would say, $250 in a coat I'm not going to wear forever. Because, you know, like my McQueen coat, if I bought that at retail, it was $7,000. I will love that coat until I die. It's resting right now, which is you and I have this <laughs> conversation all the time. No, you, we may have this conversation all the time. When you have something really amazing, you don't want to wear it 85 times in a row because then it loses its luster. It loses the, you know, the novelty. Right. So for me, I've worn it a lot recently. So it's now time for it to go to rest until next year. And I will bring it out and I will be so excited to see it. So I have a trench coat. I have two trench coats. I have my Proenza Schooler trench coat, which is my love and it's black and it has fringe on the side and like embroidery on the pocket and I wear it to death and I love it. That's a trench cut, but it's not waterproof. No, it's not waterproof. So that's a problem. So that's a different subject too, which we can go into another time because I have a trench, but it's for warmth. It's not for water, but I do have a trench coat (laughs) by Nuki, which is a waterproof trench coat, but it's all sequin fish scales on the inside. <laughs> and I fucking love that coat. I mean, that is a great coat. It's not that comfortable to have sequins like on the inside, but it is reversible. <laughs> so I have a reversible. Can you see me walking down the street in that with sequin fish scales on the outside in the rain? I can totally see me doing that. What? Like, that's weird. Come on. That's a moment. It's a fucking moment. Absolutely. I mean, listen, they're great. So I do have two separate trenches. I know this is confusing, but we're going to do some key takeaways in a moment. Give us one more category of coat that you love that's not for warmth, that's for style. I, like, what have I been wearing a lot? I have, you know, an overcoat, like a, like a sort of car coat from theory that I've been wearing a lot that has like a burgundy stripe that I love. And what is the length on that? What, when you say a car coat, what is the it's like mid cap, a little bit higher. It's like below the knee. So is it for warmth or it's just yes. for style? Both. It, it is for, okay. It's not the warmest thing in the world, but it's wool and cashmere. So, I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it does keep you warm, but your jean jacket is obviously not for warmth. That's just for style. Correct. Um, another style, I mean, I have two or three bomber jackets. I never thought I would be a bomber jacket person. They're not really my style, but I bought one from Acme studios. It's like a a dark caramel color that I have actually worn a lot. Um, it's now a little bit big for me and I just don't feel like it's the most flattering. So we'll probably be finding a new home relatively soon. But one of my favorite things that I've ever bought that has turned into one of the most practical things I've ever bought is I have like, it's a midnight blue satin 
Dior oh, yes. bomber jacket that yes. has like a saddlebag shaped pocket on the sleeve. And I bought it during COVID um, and I got the most ridiculous deal in the, of the century on it. I paid like next to nothing for it. And it was at the time still retailing for like $3,000. And I thought I would wear it once and sell it. I have worn it so many times. It has come to Miami with me. It's come to Las Vegas with me. It's going to LA with me because it's not super warm. But I am one of those people, I feel more comfortable when I have a jacket on. So like when we're in Miami at night, I can throw it over my shoulders and I still have something on. I don't feel like I'm so like exposed. But you don't put a brooch on that. No, because I would never puncture the satin on that. But like I've worn, I wore it to dinner in Las Vegas. I've worn it here in New York a million times. Like it has been probably the best purchase I've made in the past couple of years. Just cost per wear wise. It's like, it's, I'm, it's paying me at this point. (laughs) I love that. It's paying you. All right. So a bomber jacket or a jean jacket is something that you can wear, not for warmth, but for style. Exactly. So, yeah. And they make them and all kinds of track jackets and stuff for women's too, but I'll put, I'll put some in the show notes. So, okay, perfect. Okay. So Noli, this has been super fun. You have coat educated us. I know that your big shtick is buy, sell, trade. You wear something for a couple of times. And then if you're not, if you're kind of over it, then you trade it in or you resell it. Encourage us to do that. Tell us about sort of the life that you'll give a coat before you let it go. If it's not like your jam anymore. Yeah. I mean, if it's not something I see myself wearing forever, I don't keep it. When I'm done with something, I get rid of it. You know, whether it be sometimes I donate it, sometimes I give it to a friend, sometimes I sell it on the real, real Poshmark Vestier Collective. It just depends where I sell it. Most people don't have the time or the interest to do that, but I do it for me because it enables me to buy more and you know buy new things and not feel like oh my gosh, you're just never you know you're just shopping and shopping and shopping and shopping and shopping and doing nothing else. It's so good that you do that because I think as a stylist, it's so important that you are not curating this giant collection that you're like, "Eh, I don't love that anymore, but I'm going to keep it. You're giving it back to the universe and you're getting your money back. Just like we did yesterday with my closet clean out, which I'd like to pat myself on the back for. Well, I mean, but also I think I don't like to say getting money back on it because at the end of the day, clothing is clothing. You can't, unless you're like me and you shop like I do, you're not going to get your money back. You're going to get a very small fraction. I don't do, I don't look at it for money's sake. And I told you yesterday, I'm like, don't look at this. You're not doing this for the money. You're, Cause you're not going to be able to like, you're going to be able to, if you gave up 10 things, you're going to get the money, enough money to buy one. It's not about the money. It's about getting the emotional space in your closet. Yeah. Yeah. And feeling like you're not being, you know, drowned in things. I was way overdue. I was way overdue. Yeah. And you know, I was too. I did it last weekend. I got rid of a lot. And, um, Something you know, you just got to do that to free up space, you know, and then you don't feel bad when you want to buy more. You don't feel bad when you buy something new. You feel like you have the space, you know, physically in your closet and emotionally in your head, like for more pieces and more, you know, new fun things. So that's how I look at it. Because if you look at it like, oh, I'm going to get money out and do this and this and this, things never happen the way you want them to. You know, you can't control what things sell for all the time. And so I just, right. Yeah. I mean, I try to, you know, I try to look at it that way. That's how I, I try to look at it. So give yourself a closet clean out, make sure you buy, sell, trade, trade with friends. Nolan and I do that and we love it because I want that fucking safety pin Dior pin back. He wants my Chanel pin back. So we're going to trade and it's going to be great. So find, gonna be fabulous. 
We can find people you can trade with. I've been to a clothing swap before in Brooklyn several years ago. I'm sure they still do it, which is super fun. A great way to meet people. And then you can go, like if you do a meetup or whatever, they're probably not doing them now. But that's a really cool way if you just want to trade and not spend any money. Noli, thank you so much. I mean, this has been amazing. (sighs) Love it when you drop your knowledge on us. I'm sure you have a lot more to drop on us as well. You'll come back next month. Yes, of course. Duh. If your schedule allows. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. How to buy a winter coat. We are on your side. We're going to help you. It's going to be winter for a couple more months, even though it's fucking really, really hot here right now. Um, It's supposed to be cold next week, and I'm going to be busting out some of my coats. So connect with us. Send us an email. Send us snail mail. Please connect with us. Let us know what you want to hear. This has been Fashion Crimes Podcast. I'm Holly, your favorite personal stylist with my best gay, my very gay mother, my stylist, Mr. Nolan Meter. This has been amazing. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Fashion Crimes Podcast, and we are out.